Hey, 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 everybody. Good evening. Sorry for a few minutes late start. As you can see, I'm back to my trusty old webcam that makes me look slightly pink because um, as a philosopher, I really do like to think that I have pink privilege, uh, pinky privilege, pinky privilege. That's the international sign of pinky privilege and also air quotes. <laughs> uh, oh, that's some yellow teeth. All right, let's take this white balance down a smidge here and see if we can't fix it. There we go. Orange man bad. Yellow man bad. Eh, that looks better. What do you think? All right. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live, second round. And um, this is part two. I'm still looking a little chilly here, right? The higher the pinky, the more fancy. That's right. Fancy. Fancy is the key. Uh, okay, so um, we'll get straight to questions. I do have sort of comments and, and things that I would like to say, but I'm going to hold off on them a little bit here because I want to get to your questions first. There's not, not much point me doing a big old monologue here if, um, uh, if you guys have questions, as I'm sure, I'm, so I'm sure that you do. And uh, going for the baby mouse look. Is that the pinky? Is that pinky in the brain? Is that something like that? Uh, hi, Steph, says somebody. Hi, back. How do you feel about the political situation in Canada at the moment? Uh, please, <laughs> please come and yell at me and call me a coward and then ask me to do what you want. <laughs> uh, you're like someone who claims to know electronics and what you're doing is you're saying, my TV ain't working, and you bang it, saying, I'm sure this will work. <laughs> yeah, yell at me, call me a coward, and then, I don't know, does that work with people in your life? Like when you want something, uh, if you want a friend to uh, to help you move or you want to ask someone for a favor, do you, do you just scream at them? <laughs> I mean, what's the matter with you? How do you think that's going to get you anything, anything positive? In life, that is just so funny. <laughs> I just, you know, and I actually can't indulge in that because you see, if I indulge in that and give you what you want because you're yelling at me and verbally abusing me, <laughs> I just think that would be so bad for you. It's <laughs> so unhealthy for you. I mean, just, you know, look in the mirror and uh, I guess just ask yourself how you're manifesting in the world, how you're behaving in the world, and are you adding good or are you just. I don't know. What is that? Are you just uh, having petulant temper tantrums and thinking that you're adding something to the wisdom and video? Uh, sorry, the wisdom and, and uh, knowledge of the world? Very strange. Very strange indeed. So, yeah, look, freedomain.com forward slash donate. Just want to get that out of the way for just a tiny, tiny split second. Uh, freedomain.com forward slash donate. As you know, guys know, it's been a hell of a brutal year for philosophy as a whole. And... Um, you know, ban hammers are coming down. It's raining ban hammers these days. Uh, One American News Network just got suspended on YouTube for a week um, for some COVID thing. And uh, Tom Woods had a $1.5 million view called The Cult of COVID, which also got video, which also got pulled. Uh, One American News Network's been demonetized, as far as I can understand. And uh, it's, um, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, let's see here. Questions. Uh, so let's go back to it. Hey, Steph, how do you feel about the political situation in Canada at the moment? Don't care. Just not interesting. Pol politics is so boring at the moment. 
it's so boring. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with regards to the election, and that's all interesting from a sort of legal standpoint. But philosophy has nothing. It's all will to power now, you understand, right? So once there's massive amounts of deplatforming, once there seems to be some significantly hinky stuff going on with the election, there's no place for philosophy in those realms. I think philosophy can still work in people's personal lives. You can still use it to make a better life for yourself. You can still use it to be alert and aware of the dangers, the sharks that are circling us sunburnt swimmers. But um, political situation? What's that got to do with philosophy anymore? It's sort of like, for me, doing politics would be like, uh, are you ready to rumble? Right? I mean, is it, you, you watch the sort of pro wrestling thing, right? And pro wrestling, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I simply don't get it. I don't, I don't get why people want to watch cars, uh, big trucks flip. Uh, I don't want to get why they want to turn Buffalo Auditorium into a mud pit. Cayuga, you, you. I don't know why people want heavily steroided up lunatics to pound each other into mats in highly choreographed modern brute dance Russian <laughs> mafia style entertainment. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I understand. Boxing. I understand Ultimate Fighting Championships where there's a real contest. I don't like watching people pound each other, but I can get that. But I don't, you know, with, with when it comes to something like professional wrestling, you know, it's a fun show, I suppose. And these are cartoon, larger-than-life characters and so on. But, I mean, everybody knows that it's not like a real contest, right? It's not like it's fake. I mean, people really do get hurt and they really do pound each other but it's choreographed, it's a show, and you kind of have to suspend your disbelief when you watch wrestling, pro wrestling, right? I mean, the um, WWF stuff. You kind of have to suspend your disbelief, and you have to pretend that this is a real contest, not a kind of dance routine with very beefy guys, right? So if you are a commentator, right, like Joe Rogan did this for... Uh, Ultimate Fighting Championships, right? And so if you're a commentator for pro wrestling, then you, um, I mean, you, you have to pretend, oh, he did this. Oh, he did. I wonder how it's going to turn out. Oh, no, his buddy showed up. Oh, no, they pounded the ref. Oh, like you have to pretend that it's a real thing that's happening in the moment where the outcome is not preordained, right? Now, one thing I really liked about, appreciated about Trump being in the political race was that that was not a preordained outcome. And it turned out it wasn't preordained, and it turned out it was so shockingly not preordained that they spent four years trying to yeet the guy out of the White House with this sort of soft coup that was going on. And, uh, you know, then, what was it, uh, one of the states, they just had a hearing today, and 600,000 votes just showed up out of nowhere for Biden, and only 6,012 or something like that for Trump. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right, you want me to comment on this? I don't even know what to say. This is, uh, it's turned into world um, wrestling federation-style pretend sports. Uh, there's nothing, nothing philosophical. I can't suspend my disbelief in the process to the point where I can get interested in who's going to win such a rigged game. I just, it's not interesting to me. Uh, just as it kind of wasn't, I started off in philosophy, and then, yeah, with Trump, I got interested in politics because there was something really unusual there and something that would expose uh, the, the nature of the state to people, and, and it has. You know, I mean, what a victory in a way for those of us who are skeptical of the morals and virtues of the state to have it play out. I wish it hadn't and worked to not have it play out this way, but to have like half of America is not going to accept this election. 
half of America, no matter what, half of America is not going to uh, accept the results of this election. And, of course, that's really quite fascinating. Um, now, if you don't accept the election because you want your side to have won, that's one thing. If you don't accept the election because you just recognize that it's kind of a theater and the uh, the winner is sort of picked ahead of time, then that's sort of a different matter. But, no, what do I... And, and it's the same in Canada, right? I mean, uh, people don't... I mean, nobody really knows what they're doing. I mean, it's all just so reactionary and so ridiculous, right? Canada's had millions of people pour into the country since COVID. <laughs> like, millions of people have poured into the country since COVID. And, um, I mean, that's just not a serious country. Right? I mean, the, moment that, that, um, the moment that China breaks its solemn treaty to inform the world of any pandemics, which is the only reason it got into the World Trade Organization and got to trade with anyone or be any kind of reasonably accepted country, the moment that happened, you close your borders and um, you, uh, you hunker down. But no, <laughs> keep opening. Oh, but we've got students who want to come in and you know, there's a lot of essential workers and blah, 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 right? It's just, I mean, it's... And, and now, who pays? Who pays for this policy? Like, who pays for the spread of this virus that was eminently preventable? Just shut the borders, man. Just eminently preventable. Who pays for it now? The politicians who made the choice? No, of course they don't pay. Why, why would they pay? It's the whole point of having power is free evil, right? The whole point of having power is to get to do things that you're banning other people from doing, right? So you've got some governor who's like, well, you can't visit your family for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And then he gets on a plane and goes and flies to visit his mom. <laughs> I mean, of course, right? And people are like, oh, that's so two-faced. It's like, you know, that's the nature of power, right? The whole nature of power, political power, is to exclude yourself from the rules you inflict. Of course, right? I mean, just look at taxation. Right? The government can tax you. You can't tax each other. Or you can't tax the government. <laughs> can't can't take property by force. That's it. Okay, now pay your tax. Okay, well... <laughs> It's right. That's the, that is power, and you know, Mark Mark Levin was today saying oh, yeah, this, this this censorship by by YouTube is shocking, shocking. It's like no, it's not. It's not. It's not shocking at all. It's not shocking at all. And so, what do I feel? I'm really not. I'm not that interested in politics uh, anymore. It's uh, it's just it's gone back to WWF style Kabuki theater. It's just gone back to a show, and uh, it's really it's really boring. Hey, Steph, how's it going? It's going quite well, thank you. I'm sorry if my voice is a little rough. I, um, I'm having a tough time uh, um, doing the snarling Nazis uh, in my novel, Almost, which I hope you will check out, freedomain.com forward slash almost, which will get you right to the feed. You can put it into your favorite podcatcher. You can get the audio. I tell you a funny little story. <laughs> a funny little story. So, um, like for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you do, but if for those of you who don't know, uh, I took, uh, I guess, close to two years of acting training and writing training at the National Theatre School in Canada, in Montreal. And yeah, it was pretty selective. It was pretty uh, selective. They took only like 1% of, of the people who applied and you had to adapt your favorite play to only two minutes. And I took uh, Edward Albee's Zoo Story. And uh, they liked my writing and all of that. And anyway, it didn't really work out with them because they were I mean, crazy lefty. I mean, this is this is back when I thought art was authentic, back when people were were interested in examining the human condition and coming to essential truths about human nature and good and evil and morals and courage. Like I thought that art was just some sort of neutral process of a meritocracy where those who delved deepest into the human soul would be to some degree rewarded with fame and providence. Uh, little did I realize, of course, that art since probably before I was born is uh, all just 
mostly communist propaganda. I mean, it, it's just, that's just the way it is. And there's a very famous director named Ilya Kazan. I actually read his um, autobiography. Uh, Ilya Kazan was the guy who he discovered Marlon Brando. He directed um, the, he directed the play and I, th I think the movie um, A Streetcar Named Desire. He directed uh, On the Waterfront, if I remember rightly, and, and just an amazing director. But he also came from Eastern Europe and he was terrified of communists and communism. And, uh, you know, he opposed the communists that McCarthy was uprooting and uh, the guy just got, his career was completely destroyed. This is back in the 50s and, and 60s. Uh, and so this is how far back it goes. So when I went to the National Theater School, I thought, well, you know, I'm fascinated by the human condition. I'm open. I'm curious. I have a perspective. I'm very interested in ethics and human dilemma and all of that. And so I thought, well, you know, they, they like me. But to see, they, they, they let me in before they realized that I was objective and and uh, rational and uh, free market oriented and uh, opponent of of communism and then it just once they figured that out they I, I went from like the very first so I was there for like the first year I was just in the acting program and the second year I was supposed to be in in the writing program and the first year like they loved me like the, sorry the first term like the sort of September to Christmas and they just loved me and it was great and, and all of that but then the second man, they just blasted me. They blasted me almost out of the water. I should laugh now, but it wasn't that much fun. It wasn't that funny back then. And um, yeah, I, I left before the end of the second year because I was just like, oh, this this place is gross. It's just, it's just propaganda. And I mean, you, you see art these days, and uh, it's just, it is just endless, endless propaganda. And and nobody can be curious and explore the human condition anymore. You can't. Everything just has to go through the outrage mob, and, and is it going to advance the cause of, of uh, you know, hyper-egalitarianism, and is it going to provoke anger against white males? And, like, all of this is going to defend protected groups, and it's all just so boring. And so I became pretty bored with art, and I am pretty bored with art. I mean, you just can't watch any of this stuff without just rolling your eyes, knowing what's coming next, and, um, oh, here's a Hispanic character. He's going to be noble and, and all that. Like, it's, it, there's no exploration of actual truths. In, in the world, in art, you, you can't say anything that's true anymore because somehow truth has become prejudice because, you know, truth is prejudice to propaganda. Right? It's the way it works. So anyway, long story short, I, well, never the, not that that ever is the case with me, but um, uh, so I have some pref, uh, solid acting training, some sort of solid acting training. And acting is the kind of thing that, you know, if you're going to do it, it, yeah, it's pretty good to get, get trained on. Uh, Marlon Brando took Stella Adler's... Um, uh, approach to to uh, acting and uh, sort of a famous story in the acting circles. I don't know if you guys have ever been in and around acting circles, but it's why I never get accused of homophobia. <laughs> Actually, my best friend in theater school was just coming out at the time. But um, Marlon Brando, there was a, um, uh, uh, somebody was running an acting course uh, and, and they said, okay, um, your, your chickens you're chickens, and you, you, you hear that a bomb is just about to fall on you. You know that a bomb is just about to fall on you. And, of course, all of the other actors ran around screaming. They just ran around screaming like chickens that are about to get a bomb on them. Whereas Marlon Brando was playing a chicken, and he sat in the corner and tried to lay an egg. And the acting teacher was, exactly, that's exactly what a chicken would do in that situation, <laughs> like you would know, right? But anyway, it's just kind of a famous little thing about, about acting. But um, so... In doing this novel, right, this novel has got 
dozens and dozens of characters. You've got world-famous European leaders, uh, Daladier, uh, there is uh, Sir Samuel Hoare, there's Churchill, there's Chamberlain, all the, like lots of different characters. That's just in England. I've got, you know, people in Germany, I have people in Czechoslovakia, I've got Welsh characters, I've got uh, Irish characters, French characters, you name it, right? So it's a smorgasbord of, of accents and, and different voices, and it you know, it's really is quite a workout for the old vocal cords. So I've been reading this thing, and I, as I'm reading it, you kind of got to be in it and watching it at the same time, which is when you act, right? You've got to be in the moment, in the character, but not to the point where you become psychotic and forget about reality. And I would listen back to a little bit here and there and say, okay, does this accent sound okay-ish? I'm not an expert in accents, but, uh, you know, not bad, right? Anyway, so I haven't listened to an entire chapter since I started working on the novel, um, recording the novel in, um, and actually I thought it was longer, 340-odd thousand words. I thought it was Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings length, but Lord of the Rings is over 600,000, so not quite that long, but it's, it's a big novel. 99 chapters. See, the novel almost has almost 100 chapters. See how it all comes together. But last night, I decided I was just sort of dozing off. I was going to bed, and I thought, ah, let me listen. You know, while I fall asleep, let me listen to a, uh, a chapter that I had just done that day that I thought was good, but, you know. So partly it's because I've been really busy, uh, rebuilding the show and all of that, and also partly because, you know, especially when you're kind of into a project, if there was something that I listened to and I was like, oh, that's bad, or that's not the right way of doing it, or that's not the right approach, it would actually be kind of depressing because you have to go back and fix a lot, right? So I'm listening to this thing last night as I'm lying in bed, and I'm like, yeah, this is actually what I wanted. This is what I wanted. The theatricality of art has always bothered me. It's always bothered me. Um, and, you know, it's funny when you see actors, you know, oh, they give a great scene or whatever, and then they break and then they start talking to each other. Uh, and that's, that is the more natural thing, right? That is the more conversational natural thing. That to me is what art should really strive. If you can get sort of the empirical everyday combined with the idealism potential of art, I think you get just about as powerful an artistic experience as you could possibly imagine. And so in the novel, as I read it, I'm really trying and working hard to make it conversational. Like you're just, you're overhearing somebody, you know, maybe through the vents or something. You're overhearing someone, uh, but some people have a conversation. That's kind of what I'm, I'm striving for. And I did kind of, I, I, in the scene that I read, which was a seduction scene, uh, I'm like, yeah, that's, I did get what I wanted. <laughs> so anyway, this is a long way of saying, go check out the book. It's free. It's really important. It is about the rise of political violence and the tipping point where words don't matter anymore and it comes down to the law and the military, uh, which is kind of where things are in a lot of places in the West at the moment. So yeah, freedomain.com forward slash almost or fdrurl.com forward slash almost. So uh, I'm going to just get on my situation here. So somebody has asked, at what point did we pull the pin? Oh, geez, I just realized I got tape on my glasses here. It's because uh, uh, this part fell out and I was kind of stabbing myself to death with that. At what point do we pull the pin on building a business in an increasingly regulated field but decreasing profit margins? I've got a small business in a primary industry. We're facing some uphill struggles with regulation and decreasing bill-out rates. Need some philosophical direction here. Yeah, I'm not entirely positive that that's philosophical direction, frankly. I'm not entirely positive. It could be. It could well be. But... Uh, I'm going to assume if you're in America, um, you know, it's, it's. I mean, let's be frank, it's looking Biden. It's looking Biden, right? I mean, 
Uh, this uh, was pretty much, it's, there's a Hail Mary stuff. And I think Sydney Powell, did she release her lawsuit today? She's supposed to have the big, you know, which could be disinformation. It could be supplied to her. Like it could be someone who's like, oh yeah, I'm from, I'm from uh, Venezuela and I know all about these corrupt things and blah, blah, blah. It turns out to be, maybe that's why Trump disassociated or detached from her to some degree. But anyway, um, uh, it's looking it's looking like Biden. It looks like they're going to, you know, if they did, if there was untoward stuff, it looks like they're going to get away with it. And then Biden's going to put in his, you know, millions of illegals passed to citizenship. Uh, the border's going to erupt because people are going to try and desperately get into this path to citizenship gold mine. And the border's going to be wide open during a pandemic. And then they're going to enfranchise a whole bunch of people who are going to vote left till the end of time. And that's it for the Republican Party. It's another reason why it's, it's kind of boring is, uh, you know, it's one thing to watch the underdog, you know, the David and Goliath. Uh, it's one thing to watch David and Goliath, you know, ooh, David's got the little sling, you know, which um, uh, people have figured out is it was actually really good, like a bullet, a really good weapon. But um, now, uh, you know, the Democrats are going to open the borders, they're going to enfranchise everyone. And I mean, the Democrat Party will turn into, well, I mean, just a behemoth and, and it won't be, it'll be like Lou Ferrigno versus a girl guide. I and mean, the Republican Party will just turn into a shadow and a grifter kind of like oh yeah we'll turn it around and <laughs> give us some money and all that and um it'll turn into the republican party as it is in california right so it's uh it's become progressively dull so if you're in america so of course the problem is this is a covid thing not really a politics thing but the, the problem as as we all know i think is that the big box stores, this is happening in Toronto at the moment. In Toronto, they've shut down stores. <laughs> shut down stores. Yeah, because, you know, who needs who needs retail in the month leading up to Christmas, right? But um, they uh, have shut down stores, and the, but the big box stores are still allowed open, right? So Because they donate, and, and they're a regular source of, of good money for the politicians and all of that. So the big box stores are doing fantastically, I mean, because everyone is being shopped there. And the small businesses, and, and the other reason why small businesses are being targeted is because big businesses tend to be more lefty and small businesses tend to be more on the right. Uh, small to medium-sized business people tend to be more Republican-oriented. So, of course, they're trying to take out their um, competition and all of that economically. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the States, uh, it's going to be pretty tough to run a small business over the next while to put it mildly and um i would uh it depends how much money you're sitting on right so if, if you're if you're a business you really really have to save money i mean it's really really cash flow is king man you've gotta gotta put money aside for a rainy day when you're in business and if you've got money then what'll happen so can you can you outlast people that's a lot of business is just survival a lot of business is just can you outlast people so in a recession, the businesses that survive, right? This is there's a blog called Marginal Revolution. It's actually pretty good, and and um, the idea of sort of the marginal economics when there's a recession, the people who aren't very productive, who aren't very efficient, will go out of business, and the companies that survive the recession, when the business comes back, they are, you know, a lot of the marginal producers have been eliminated from the uh, marketplace, and so if you if you're sitting on a bunch of money. It's probably worth holding on economic. This is just my particular subjective advice, and this is not any kind of formal you know, business advice, or and this is just my sort of particular opinion. That if you save money and you're sitting on a bunch of money, it's probably a pretty good idea to try and ride it out 
um, because like there is going to be a swing, right? I mean, there is the demographics and all of that, but all of the people who voted for Biden, I mean, what's it, 17 or 18% of them said once they were told about the Hunter Biden laptop insane story, they said, oh my God, I wouldn't have voted for him then. Well, this is exactly why big tech worked to keep that story from the eyeballs or ears of the uh, of the voters, right? So there will be a backlash and people are going to be like, wow, this is actually pretty bad. <laughs> right? There's going to be, and there'll be sort of a desperate backlash and all of that. And, and as Trump was a desperate backlash that didn't work as well as some people wanted. So if you can hold in, if you've got some savings and you can hold in, I think that's a, a good idea. But <laughs> it's true, right? The new Fuentes. So um, I would, I would, I would hang in there if you've got some savings. If you don't have savings, uh, it's going to be pretty rough. And you know, there's nothing wrong with going on strike as well. You know, if you've got personal savings but not business savings, it might want to ride it out that way. Somebody says Pennsylvania hearings today may have changed the momentum, and Trump's lawyers are still holding to the Dominion conspiracy angle. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like here's here's the fact, right? And this is a fact that you know I, you guys probably know this, and I have to be reminded of this too, right? So you probably know this in an abstract way, but you know, let's let's be frank, right? I mean, how how does law work? You know, this is something I said many years ago that the law is an opinion with a gun, right? The law is not physics. The law is not a force of nature. The law does not operate without human will or human consciousness. You know, it's what uh, George Bush the Younger said about the Constitution. He says it's just a goddamn piece of paper. And it is. It's not magic. It doesn't have any spells. It can't control people. It's, if you choose not to, um, you know, it's like somebody yelling, stop, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't freeze time, doesn't, doesn't put an ice wall in front of you, right? And just stop, okay. And so with regards, so people are thinking, Gosh, you know, if if we have proof of election fraud, well, they, 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 that's proof, right? That's proof of election fraud, and and so so what? So what? <laughs> See, if you have proof of a black hole, which you you generally get proof of a black hole from the effects of the black hole and matter around it, right? Black hole you can't see, and light can't even escape its gravity well, but. You can see it pulling in star stuff from a neighboring star or something like that. Or So if you prove that there's a black hole, okay, that has, you're actually identifying something that's real and true and objective in the world, in the universe, right? Okay, so let's say that uh, there's overwhelming evidence of voter fraud, like it would just beyond reasonable doubt, massive voter fraud, you know, in the couple of states which were swing states, magically the other 40 plus states didn't have any issues, but in this one... Um, Let's say that, I mean, so what? I don't mean so what, like in terms of reality. I mean, of course, it matters, right? It matters. But what I mean is so what in terms of how the law is going to behave. Because if you are a judge, you're also a human being, right? You're a judge. And you, through, let's just say, it comes down to like one guy. I mean, it'll come down to, uh, maybe it'll come down to the Supreme Court. It'll come down to, and maybe it'll come down to Clarence Thomas, and Clarence Thomas will stare at the guy, Joe Biden, who led the attack upon Clarence Thomas back in the 90s, I think it was, with um, the uh, pubic hair on the Coke can stuff. Uh, Anita Hill, was it? Anyway. Uh, and, and the guy who wants to become president is going to be staring down the guy whose life he tried to destroy 
with the one of the original Me Too allegations in back of the day. So let's say it comes down to this kind of stuff, right? It comes down to uh, a judge, a couple of judges. Can you imagine what's going to happen to those judges? I mean, let's look at the reality. I've been right. 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 You know, because if you say it enough times, it becomes true. So I've been right. And what did being right get me? What did it create? A magic shield where I got to maintain the business that I had built up for 15 years straight? Did it suspend reality? Did it change people's minds like some giant lever? <laughs> you know? I know. Being right, I mean, for heaven's sakes, I put out a documentary last year about how dangerous China was about two weeks before <laughs> before the virus came out, which they covered up and, you know, jailed doctors who were talking about it and they banned travel within China before they banned travel internationally. So just right. So I mean, how much? I mean, how much more right can you be? Right. I was right about IQ. Uh, right, right about Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, I was just, I've just been right. I was right about Trump being very interesting and uh, challenging the status quo. So I've been right. I've been right. I've been right. And what? There's an old poem I wrote many, many years ago. I did say Trump would lose, but he won in a landslide. Bullshit, I said Trump would lose. Absolutely not. I never said Trump was going to lose. I said, uh, I said I was optimistic about... See, here's the thing. I don't like to go full tilt boogie, oh, he's going to win for certain, because then people may not be that active, right? I mean, why would you go out and aim to reinforce something that's already a sure thing? But no, I never said Trump would lose. I said I was confident that Trump would win this time. And... Again, I, depending on how you take the voting hinkiness, right? There's lots of arguments that uh, he won, you know, 400 electoral college votes. That, you know, there's Sidney Powell saying, what, six, seven million votes changed, right? From Trump to Biden. So, but no, I was, look, uh, back in 2016, um, I was talking with a caller about um voter fraud and the dangers of the Dominion software uh, and hardware products. And, and I've been talking repeatedly over the years that Trump was in that the big concern is that, uh, you try, that the Democrats will simply steal the election. I mean, that they'll just engage in massive fraud and all of that. So um, anyway, I mean, I'm not going to say, but I've been right. And now being right, what is it? What has it done? Well, it, it actually has made me a target, right? So if I hadn't been so right, I wouldn't need to be deplatformed. That's like it actually being right makes you vulnerable. And if like once you understand that, that, that being right puts you like the, the laser targets on your head, right? And so if you look at, okay, it's going to come down to a couple of men, a couple of women, might even be one or two. And those people with the stroke of a pen might, just might, be able to clear the path through to Trump to get into the presidency in January, right? It may happen that way. In other words, if they create enough doubt that the states won't ratify the election, then it comes down to the states choosing the president and the states a majority Republican, and that's how 
It could happen. That's how it could play out. So if you're that judge and trillions of dollars and the hysterical, moral, propagandized panic of 70 million people hang on you? Can you imagine what threats and bullying and pressure and insane stuff is going to be pointed at that person? Now, that person is the law. The law is a bunch of ink on a book, a bunch of bits on a web page, right? doesn't do anything on its own. So that person, you said they say, well, but he's, he, they're not robots. You don't program judges with the law and they just do the law, <laughs> you know, like, like a robot, right? Or like some self-driving car. It doesn't work that way. It works because of human beings making individual choices and people know that. And what's happened to politics now is it's no longer about ideas. It's no longer about arguments. It's no longer about data or graphs or PowerPoints or anything like that. It's about naked Nietzschean Darwinian will to power. That's all it's about. Do you have the will to use the legal system to harm your opponents and and to reward your friends? Do you like it's just a will to power and it's a post-Christian universe. And you know, I do have some significant sorrow about all of that because I, you know, anti-Christian when I was younger. And I recognize you, you, when you take Christianity out of the heart of Western civilization, you better damn well find another place that human beings can find their ethics, can find their virtues. Because if you take the, the law, the human law, is not physics. But God's law is deeper than physics, the law of God, the law of Jesus, the, the, the Ten Commandments, the Jesus' commandments. They are deeper than physics. They are more physics than physics because the laws of physics can be violated. That's called miracles. But the laws of morality in the Christian universe cannot be violated. And thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not murder. There's a lot of good stuff in the Ten Commandments, stuff that's not particularly UPB compliant, but a lot of good stuff. And so for me, I was like, okay, let's, you know, philosophically speaking, the, the Christian metaphysics, the Christian epistemology, the Christian morality, some significant problems, not in terms of what it says a lot of times, but in terms of how you get there. So if I'm going to oppose the religious basis of morality in the West, I damn well better come up with a system of ethics that works. Right. This is an analogy that I use in, in one of my recent books uh, against... No, it's um, artoftheargument.com, artoftheargument.com. Maybe it's not a perfect church, a perfect building that people are taking shelter from the storm of the world in, but if the atheists come along and smash down that church and then don't build anything new, they're just destroying everything. Well, Christian morality and logic and blah, blah, blah. Right? Okay. So you say, well, the church is no good for moral fiber, for moral backbone, moral certainty. The church is no good. Too many logical problems with the concept. Okay. So tear down the church. But then where do people go? 
See, it's fine if you've got some beautiful new place that people can go that's better and stronger. Okay, then maybe you can take that approach. But if you don't, you're simply destroying your civilization. And that's why one of the first things that I did, like the very third essay, no, the very second or third essay that I ever wrote as a public intellectual, back when I was so tiny you couldn't see me with a magnifying glass, was proving libertarian morality. And I, I worked incredibly hard on universally preferable behavior, the book, uh, debates, presentations. I did speeches. I just pushed and pushed and pushed because you know the atheists are going to destroy the church. So you've got to start building some other place for people to go and get their moral certainty from. But the atheists destroyed not only the church, but they worked very hard to destroy the UPB infrastructure that would have protected the civilization and give us even greater moral certainty because of its philosophical consistency. So the atheists are kind of like termites, for the most part. Sorry, it's kind of an insult to termites. Uh, at least termites reproduce. Atheists tend not to. But yeah, atheists just chew through everything and uh, anything that you try and build. Atheism is... Um, is nihilism in a fedora, right? Atheism is anti-natalism, for the most part. Again, there's some exceptions, but for the most part, you'd think that atheists would look at something like UPB and say, oh my God, this guy solved the problem of ethics and we've been murdering religion because we dislike the concept of God, but at least this guy's managed to rescue ethics. They, I should have been coming to me like I'm bringing them water and they're dying of thirst. Right. But no, it's uh, very nihilistic. All right, let's see here. Let's get back to everybody. Uh, a lot of questions have come by. Uh, the Anita Hill stuff. So the Anita Hill stuff, uh, I haven't looked into it in forever, but uh, the Anita Hill stuff was, um, so uh, Clarence Thomas, an incredible man. He actually was really inspiring to me when I was younger. I mean, because I came from a, a lot of disadvantages, right? Very, very poor and a crazy mom and unstable family life as a whole and, and just, you know, violence in my youth. And I came from a very sort of, I was not born anywhere close to the starting line in society, right? And so I had some sympathy, of course, Clarence Thomas, born black, and, and I think he's from the South. And, you know, like, just an amazing guy, an amazing, inspiring guy to, to, to bring that kind of legal acuity and intelligence and compassion and, and oh, brilliance, really, to, to questions of uh, the law. An incredible guy. And also, you know, I, I have a very soft spot for people who go against the narrative. All progress is people going against the narrative. The, the natural progress of human society is to decay and destruction. It's entropy. It's called entropy, right? And a small government breeds a very productive free market environment. The very productive free market breeds inequality, although it tends to be a rising tide lifting all boats. But people get resentful of that inequality. They use the power of the state to redistribute the income from the more productive to the less productive. And the government borrows to pretend that it's producing something and the economy just collapses. And, you know, this is the other thing too. Like Biden being in, as he's most likely to be, right? Biden being in, I mean, I'm not sure that you wanted, say, Ron Paul <laughs> running things when the bills came due and uh, the, the economy went tits up, right? So Clarence Thomas, I found in, like, to be a conservative, to be, um, to, to be that strong-willed, to overcome 
those obstacles and, you know, some racist attitudes. I mean, an amazing guy, an amazing guy. And I mean, you should really look up his speech on the digital lynching. That, that they, you know, he was Kavanaugh 1.0, right? Kavanaugh with the tan, right? I mean, and his speech about how, you know, the, the left, the Democrats, just, just tried to destroy the guy. So you got this woman, Anita Hill, I think she worked in an office with him. And what I remember was there was some comment that Clarence Thomas was supposed to have said, uh, oh, you know, I, I left my pubic hair on your Coke can or something, like some weird detail that just got repeated endlessly because I guess it seemed credible and turned out somebody found that it came from a novel or something like that. And um, I mean, he did finally, obviously, you know, claw his way in through the, to the Supreme Court, but I mean, they just, and he, he referred to it as a, um, a digital lynching, I think it was called. And, and you just watch the speech. I mean, it was just brutal uh, how they portrayed him as a sexual predator. And, you know, the same thing that they did with Kavanaugh, same thing that they do. It's the will to power, right? If you can get away with it, there's nothing, well, there's no God that's going to punish you if you if you lie, right? Like, why do we have such a problem? I mean, one of the most fundamental problems in society, I know this sounds kind of odd, right? One of the most fundamental problems in society is libel, is slander, is just destroying people's reputation. I mean, they've certainly been hammering at me for 15 years straight to, to undermine and destroy my reputation. And, you know, but if you're right with yourself and your values, there's only so much that they, they can do to you, right? Because you're just right with yourself and your values. I mean, outside of sheer violence and all. But um, to, to lie about someone, and calling me a white supremacist and all this kind of stuff, right? To lie about someone, well, if you're a Christian, you got a rule. It's a pretty important rule. It's the one that influenced me the most when I was raised as a Christian, singing away in the church choir. And the rule is, thou shalt not bear false witness. And also love your enemies, right? So... They're, they're the, the two commandments, I mean, I know one is a Ten Commandment, one is a Jesus exhortation, right? But love your enemies and do not bear false witness. Those are the two big powerful things that hold something like slander at bay. Now, if you're not a Christian, you don't, I mean, as far as I understand it, Christianity is the only religion that genuinely and deeply commands you to love your enemies to pray for your enemies to and to not lie <laughs> not and not just not lie to christians not lie to anyone it doesn't say that like that's one of the things that jesus did to the old testament as he said this is not in group preference anymore these are universal values as he took it from religion to philosophy in its effects not necessarily in its reasoning of course right but if a lie can get you more resources and you're not religious, you fucking do it. You just fucking do it. You know, there's an old cartoon I remember from when I was a little kid, not an animated cartoon, just a static cartoon, like a New Yorker-style cartoon. And in it, there's these, these knights, and they've got this armor and these swords, right? And then these arrows start raining down on them. And one guy looks at the other and says, Arrows? Arrows? Can they do that? <laughs> What do you mean can they do that? It's war. All's fair in love and war. So deception coming from the left, and by the left I generally mean the anti-Christians, deception is no more dishonorable to the left than a tiger creeping up 
Right, Tiger doesn't. Hey, I'm coming. I'm I'm coming. No, he blends in. Right, the stripes blend in with the tall grasses, and he kind of creeps up and jumps. Right. In other words, he's deceiving his prey. He's saying, "Hey, there's no there's a tiger here. Don't worry about it. No, I don't worry about it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go downwind, so you can't smell me. And I'm gonna creep really low, and I creep really, really calmly and quietly. And then I'm gonna jump. Right." Sorry, you're just falling asleep. <laughs> Don't fall asleep, it's important. So nature, you know, like half of, of nature, three quarters of nature is bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a very contextual phrase. Hey, look at that. We're getting more people, you know. We're going to go from the hundreds back to the thousands, back to, you know, we'll, we'll get there, my brothers and sisters. We just got to be patient, right? And, and I have to be good, and you have to have good questions, which you have so far, right? So look at nature, right? What, what do animals do? All they do is lie. <laughs> All they do is lie. You go to some uh, um, lizard, right? What's well, got these frills? What does it do? <laughs> it puts out the frills to make it look larger. That's what cats, the hair goes up and they arch their backs to make themselves look larger. And, you know, like some, some fly gets eaten by a chameleon that's changing its freaking color. <laughs> and the fly's dying thought is ch- ch- change its color. Can it do that? That's not right. That's cheating. It's lying. It's false. Hey, there's no chameleon here. <laughs> right? It's what they do. There, there are birds. I don't know what they're called, but there are birds that are out there that, you know, you get your swordfish and you get your porpoises and, and dolphins and they're just swirling the sardines. And then, and then, the, and then what happens is you've got death from below and then these birds, they can dive down like 30 feet, right? And, and snap up these little sardines. And the sardines like, wait, birds F- flying underwater? Can they do that? That's cheating. They're birds. They're not supposed to be down here. Or the uh, the, the the cuckoo lays its eggs in another bird's nest, and the other bird raises that cuckoo bird and feeds it, even though it's like four times the size. Can you guys think of other examples? It's just nature lies all the time. I mean, the zebra's lying all the time. Because it's saying, hey, uh, I'm not here. These are just stripes. You know, I'm going to confuse the view, right? Got to spend your evolution points wisely. Yeah, that's right. What other examples? Is this live going to be recorded? Yeah, yeah. It won't be quite as good a quality uh, as it usually is because I'm just using a webcam here. and The webcam can't record, whereas my normal hard cam can. But every time I connected my hard cam, it just gave me a PNP error and gave me a blue screen of death, so... Uh, so nature just lies all the time. You know, rape is, is certainly part of nature's way of doing things. Jackals wait for some other animal to, like a lion, to kill a zebra, and then jackals come in and crunch the bones and the leftovers, right? So nature is just, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah, octopuses are incredible at camouflage, right? And there's a cuttlefish, right? There's one cuttlefish that there's a big cuttlefish that defends the females. And there's another cuttlefish. It's a male cuttlefish. And what it does is it kind of brings in its um, its body size so it looks small and female. And then it just scuttles in behind. So it's pretending to be a female so it can go in and bang the female cuttlefish and spread its genes that way. <gasps> it's lying. It's pretending to be female. <laughs> it's cheating. Can it do that? It's cheating. All ducks do all day is rape. I've never read that children's book, but um, I'm pretty sure the pop-up would be uh, 
<laughs> um, so yeah, just like it's really, really important to to understand that nature is just booby hides eggs in another bird's nest. Is that is it a booby that does that? Is it a booby? Um, so you understand nature lies all the time. Nature li lies like deception is fundamental to the predator prey relationship. I mean, just look at fish, right? They're, they've got pale bellies, so from the below they look like the sky, and they've got dark upper bodies, so from the sky they look like the bottom of the ocean or the lake or whatever, right? So <laughs> nature is wall-to-wall -wall bullshit, manipulation, lying, and all of that, right? I mean, you, see, you ever see uh, two, um, I mean, and, and of course, they, they fight without trying to kill each other because that's usually too harsh. You can see, if you've ever seen um, giraffes fight, it's pretty wild. They're just whapping their necks and their heads at each other like, uh, like Indiana Jones's whip, right? So, yeah, ducks, ducks are pretty rapey. Isn't that right? <laughs> Isn't that right? Uh, would like to hear more of your analysis of great works like screw tape that more often. I've actually got, um, I do have that. Uh, I've got one coming up. I'm going to do um, American Pie. It's a song I've been sort of obsessing over lately uh, about what it's all about. But anyway, so uh, push-up bras. Yeah, push-up bras, right? Push-up bras. Uh, um, uh, and men have like those those shoes that make you taller. Men have weaves and wigs. And, and there's liposuction for your ass and belly. Fake boobs, thick lips. Uh, you men do. I mean, look, I, have, I use face cream because my skin is ridiculously dry. And anybody who's seen um, Hugh uh, Grant lately, um, boy, he's in something uh, with um, Nicole Kidman. And Nicole Kidman, I, if I remember rightly, uses this bizarre baby circumcision foreskin cream. And, and she doesn't spend any time out in the sun. And, and she looks kind of eerie because she's older. And so there's parts of her face that look older. But she's kind of like, she looks like an older face that swallowed a baby's face. That's all I, <laughs> all I can tell. She's a very pretty woman. And... She plays victimized women like nobody's business, but then she was married to Tom Cruise and, and all of that. So um, so you see, and I don't think they're that far apart in age, but Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, and, you know, Hugh Grant looks like a giant scrotum. Uh, and he's admitted this uh, because this is a comment that's been made before. But, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's tall, she's slender, and she's got this eerie face, and she can have almost no emotions because she's got the emotive, expressive capacity of your average porcelain doll face but um so yeah there is a huge amount of deception in nature to to gain power you deceive you threaten you know the, the, the animals play tricks on each other and they steal each other's resources i mean you can see um you know the hermit crabs will take other hermit crabs shells you you can see the collection of shells that occurs with some of the crustaceans to attract a female they collect shells and they just steal from each other and nobody sits there and says, well, it's tomorrow, you can't steal, right? So you understand, you gotta, if you want to understand the left, you understand they're in a state of nature. And so for the left, they don't want Kavanaugh and they didn't want Clarence Thomas to be in SCOTUS, right? They didn't want them to be on the Supreme Court. And the tiger doesn't want the, the, the gazelle or whatever the hell it's hunting the tiger doesn't want the gazelle to see it coming, <laughs> right? Now, what's the tiger? Is I going to be honest? Well, says the tiger, thou shalt not bear false witness, boy. I guess I better not creep up on that thing because it's really lying. It's, I'm, I'm pretending there's no tiger 
here when there is a tiger here it's false it's lying and it's you know i should pray for my enemies and not eat them and all that kind of stuff right and that would be ridiculous in nature now the only thing that got us out of nature and lying and falsehood is morality and the only thing that got us to morality was religion and when you start getting rid of religion unless you can find a philosophical and i think superior alternative like universally preferable behavior or some other undiscovered theory or approach then what happens is we have incredible technology combined with incredibly primitive manipulative machiavellian amoral will to power ethicless environment so if you understand the left right if you look at the election they don't want trump to get in they want to get in themselves they want to have power now, if you understand that the presidency is just a gazelle to be taken down by a tiger, they're the tiger and the presidency is a gazelle. Now, if you're a tiger, there's nothing that you can do that is wrong if you get the gazelle. In fact, if you don't get the gazelle and some other tiger gets the gazelle, that tiger's doing a whole lot better and you might starve to death, right? So if you, th you just think of, think of whatever the left wants, and listen, there's some aspects of the right that are like this and there's some honorable aspects of the left. This is very much a generalization, but you guys are smart enough to understand that, right? So if you want to say the left has a goal, keep Kavanaugh out of SCOTUS, right? Uh, get the two seats in Georgia in January. They want to get the presidency, right? And they're a tiger in the grass. And, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the gazelle is, you can look at it from the gazelle. The gazelle just wants to get away with its own life and the tiger wants to eat it, right? So they're a tiger in the grass. Now, once you understand that, that they don't have religious ethics and therefore they don't have ethics and therefore whatever works is the good, now, they understand morality. They understand that other people are moral and you should use moral arguments and so on, right? But, I mean, it's the same left that defends, you know, serial sexual predator Bill Clinton is now all kinds of appalled about something that Kavanaugh did maybe in his teens, right? I mean, come on. This is ridiculous, right? So there's no morality in nature. There's only what works. That's all. That's all there is. If you could be the cuttlefish and pretend to be the male cuttle, the female cuttlefish and get past the big guy because he thinks it's just a female and go and bang the cuttlefish, what's he going to do? We're going to put you in jail? Well, that's just immoral. That's just wrong. Thou shalt not bear false witness, which means thou shalt not pretend to be a female cuttlefish when thou art secretly going to bang the cuttle chicks with thy little cuttlefish wiener. <laughs> whatever works. It's whatever works. That's the reality, right? So, you know, you and I, we're all these values of free speech. Values of free speech, right? Now, the one thing I'm really good at, there's a couple of things I'm really good at, but one thing I'm really good at is explaining complex things in a way that really connects with people, really connects with people. How, how many of you are interested in the history of the Roman Empire, right? Well, not that many, right? But I put out a video and it gets seen like a million, two million times because I'm just, I'm good at just taking complex stuff, boiling it down and yeeting it into people's brains in an entertaining fashion, right? So if you look back at sort of this summer, this this year, right? Um, 
so if they wanted to steal the election, right, if this is what's been going on, right, then we'll find out uh, over time. Well, they want to get rid of me, right? Of course, because I could take all of this stuff, boil it down, communicate it effectively, and blah, they had to, right? Now, we sit there and say, yes, but, you know, there's free speech, and, and you've got terms of service, and, and, and you're supposed to get these strikes, and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. See, the rules are not created in order to be applied objectively. The rules are created to punish your enemies and reward your friends. That's what happens, right? There's appalling stuff out there on YouTube, but my recent fact and evidence-based arguments can't be allowed to continue, right? They say, well, that's inconsistent, right? But what does that have to do with anything in an amoral universe? Like, think of it, nature. It's nature. That's all it is. And, and there's so many people out there, it's like, oh, but it's wrong. And it's like, they don't, you're talking to a tiger. <laughs> you're trying to talk a tiger into being a vegetarian. That's not how it works. That's not what it is. Without God, what stops you from lying and manipulating and cheating or even using violence? But that's the law of the jungle. Deception faking things out. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you ever see the wolves chasing the bunny, right? What's the bunny doing? <laughs> Dodging like crazy, right? Because the only advantage the bunny has is the law of inertia, right? It can't really outrun wolves because wolves are taller and longer legs and all that. So what can it do? Well, it can change direction quickly because it has a smaller mass and a lower center of gravity. So all that the bunny can do it's changed direction. That's its only hope. Can't outrun. It can't outlast because wolves have bigger hearts and there's more of them so they can cycle in and out of the chase. So you understand what happens is the rabbit runs in a straight line and the wolf starts chasing it in a straight line. But the rabbit is only running in a straight line in order to change direction. It's cheating. Right? It's trying to get the wolf to commit as much momentum to chasing the rabbit so that when the rabbit changes direction, the wolf can't turn fast enough. Deception, right? So, like, once you understand deception is all about, that's what nature is all about. You know, you have these uh, butterflies that look like leaves. You have stick insects that hide. Uh, you've got praying mantises that, that look like leaves and sticks and all of that. Like, that's just... It's just the way it is. It's what they do. You've got trap spiders that <laughs> live under the ground and you're cheating. You're not showing yourself until it's too late. But that's nature. That's nature. So that's what you have to understand. You take God out of people's lives. And it's just a state of nature. And to expect them to respect abstract moral principles. Wait, they're using arrows? Can they do that? Yeah, of course they can if it helps them win. So they know that you care about ethics, which is why they'll use them, but no, there's no, there's no moral standards. And this is why it just becomes kind of boring to watch, right? I don't like narrating nature documentaries, right? As a moralist, this is what I'm fundamentally, I'm a moralist. Right? That's the one thing that philosophy brings to the table that nothing else does, right? So I'm a moralist, right? And 
Can you imagine me narrating a nature documentary as a moralist? You understand? It would make no sense at all. No sense at all. <laughs> well, the tiger is cheating. And, you know, the word lying means false. And it also means lying in wait. And the fact that the, li and the, fact that the lions are encircling, that's totally unfair. It's absolutely immoral. The fact that they're initiating force against that zebra, oh, that's such a violation of the NAP. It's just terrible. I mean, can you imagine? This would like, wouldn't even be good comedy. It would just be completely ridiculous. And so the idea that I'm going to narrate politics these days just makes no sense at all. It just makes no sense at all. The ducks are rapey. That's wrong. Let's get some duck trials and duck prisons. And, right? Uh, let's see here. Trump let the election go ahead so that Democrats would run into a trap. Yeah, well, this is the, there's a plan. Trust the plan. Yeah, there's no plan. There's no plan. Um, if, if there was a plan, then Trump would have worked to make sure that people's free speech on social media was protected, right? Um, but he didn't, right? And this is why, why aren't you defending Trump more? It's like, well, did, did he defend my business, my life? No. I mean, he's okay, right? He's got lots of money, and he's got his place in the history books for better and for worse. But um, no, I mean, I, I'm going to save my energies in defending people who've actually defended me. And uh, I did work a lot to defend Trump. Um, no, not really to defend Trump, but I just, I don't like it when people get lied about in the media for obvious reasons that are personal. And, and it's great, you know, it's great. I mean, I guess it did some good to Trump. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, I don't know. But um, what did he do for me? That's an interesting question, an important question. I'm not a slave to philosophy. I'm not a slave to Trump. I'm not a slave to any of this stuff. You know, at some point, it's important in your life to expect, and at some point even to demand, reciprocity in your relationships. Otherwise, you're a cuck, you're a simp, you're a run around, you're a step and fetch. I mean, come on. Come on. You have to start asking for reciprocity. And I, look, I, know, I noticed everything in my various deplatformings that have been stretching back for over a year. My various deplatformings, you know, I've kept my eyes peeled. Okay, who said anything? Who called me? Who gave a crap, right? It's important. I'm, I'm not going to model being a slave to other people's needs and having no needs of your own to you. That would not be healthy. That would not be right. All right, let's see. Philosophy won't matter under political oppression. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what it means. I just don't know how it's relevant to what we're talking about. All right, do I know Jay Dyer? Are you asking me? Oh, no, I don't think you're asking me. I did a whole debate with him. The whole premise of leftism is wanting to get free stuff. Is that it in a nutshell? No. Everybody wants free stuff. I want to be able to talk to you without having to walk over to each of your houses <laughs> and doing the same speech over and over again. I want free stuff. I, um, I want to be able to change the channel on TV without getting up, as I used to when I was a kid. You'd get up and go, turn these dials around all over the place. Oh, you're turning it too fast, man. It's going to break it. 
We all want we all want free stuff. What's wrong with that? We want to be able to talk to people without having to walk over. We want we all want free stuff. I mean, if you get unlimited data, you you everybody wants free stuff, right? Now I get you know economically, there's no such thing as a free. I get all of that, but we all want free stuff. I mean, a woman who gets married and and has kids and runs a household and the man goes out and pays and works and pays the bills, she getting free stuff? Well, sure. So she's working for it. Yeah, well. But she has to get paid, right? And and lots of women work at raising kids and don't get paid unless it's by the government to buy votes. So everybody wants something for nothing. It's beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. It's it's, it's the essence of civilization. Like, I mean, occasionally I've thought prior to to the internet, right? I mean, I wouldn't ever be doing what I'm doing. Imagine I did all these recordings, and then I took out an ad in a newspaper and said, you know, for X amount of dollars, I can ship you four crates of cassette tapes. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Or eight tracks. Or <laughs> you can get 3,000 vinyl records with me, blah, 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 right? That would be crazy, right? Or, you know, if you want a call-in show, uh, you're going to have to write me a letter, and we'll just go back and forth that way, and we'll do a role-play, but it'll be in letter format or something. It could just be kind of funny, right? It's just... So the fact that the show grew so enormously, so tumorously, you could say, right, three-quarters of a billion views, the biggest, biggest philosophy shot than that the world has ever gotten, ever gotten. And so, no, wanting free stuff is beautiful, that's not that's not the essence of of leftism is wanting wanting free stuff. Um, the essence of leftism is the acquisition of resources without the constraints of universal morality. That's like wanting free stuff. I mean, the thief wants free stuff, and the entrepreneur wants free stuff, so to speak. Like wants wants to provide free stuff, and consumers want free stuff, right? They want to, oh, can you deliver it to me rather than me picking it up or whatever, right? It gives me time. So the no leftism is wanting resources outside the constraints of morality. Asymmetrical, right? So wanting free stuff in a place where there's property rights and the rule of law and, and free speech, that's wonderful, you yeah? know? It's great. But wanting free stuff like the jackal, once free stuff and doesn't pay the lion for his effort, just will go and grab things, right? So, and that's what animals do all the time, right? And you can see endless videos of like people, uh, they've got a bag of potato chips or something, and some monkey uh, comes and grabs it and runs off with it. And it's kind of funny, right? Now, the, if a person does that, it's illegal, <laughs> it's theft, right? But monkey does it, and it's annoying, maybe cute, funny, or whatever, right? But, uh, you know, there's a video of a uh, a seagull walking into a convenience store, grabbing something from the shelf, and going back out. <laughs> right. So it's uh, it's animalistic. It's uh, it's nature. It's nature. Keep on trucking, Steph. Uh, let's see here. I found out a day or so ago how deep your nihilism goes, Stefan, and I am truly, truly sorry. Nihilism is a horrible, painful anti-philosophy. <laughs> It's just, it's amazing to me. It shouldn't really be after this amount of time in the public square, but it really is amazing to me just what people get out of what it is that I say. When I've ever, I mean, I've been against nihilism. I've debated nihilism. I've opposed nihilism. I think it's ghastly and horrible. I just found out how deep your nihilism goes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, philosopher queen, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were a female. Okay. Well, that makes sense then, right? Female. Emotions, feels. All right. Uh, how can one stop caring about ethics then? Well, this is the reciprocity issue, right? So this is the reciprocity issue. Um, you care about... You don't care more about ethics than the people you're involved with do. Otherwise, you're just a sucker. This is why I, I've said this for many, many, many years. Ethics is not a commandment isolated from reciprocity. Ethics is a gift that you give to someone who is themselves ethical. That's what ethics are a relationship. They are not an absolute. It's not physics. I forgot about the poem that I wrote when I was in my teens, mid, maybe I was 17, 16 or 17. Are you ready? Are you ready for a poem? It's not too long. Two men in a wood, one bad, one good, are both eaten by wolves. <laughs> See, this is my foreshadowing of deplatforming 40 years later, right? And I was 14. So I wrote this poem. Two men, in a, two men in a wood, one bad, one good, are both eaten by wolves. Wolves don't care. It's not like the bad person tastes worse or the good person tastes better. The good person isn't like the bad person but with icing. <laughs> Nature doesn't care. Nature doesn't care. And I think you know who the wolves are, right? Let's see here. What about the media slash press? Why are they all so left now? Total liars. Well, again, see, you're taking the liars thing, and I know it's, it's tempting, right? But you're taking the liars thing, and you're, you're outraged that the cuckoo lays its, its egg in another bird's nest, and the other bird has to work really hard to raise the cuckoo's baby. So once you understand that there are vast swaths of human beings out there who have the same relationship to your ethics that a lion does then you will understand that why like the fine people hoax right? fine people hoax talk about that right so the fine people hoax is the argument that in charlottesville uh, trump went out and praised white supremacists and neo-nazis he said that they're fine people which of course is not what he said he said with regards to the debate about the statues there are fine people on both sides and he said not the neo-Nazis, not the white supremacists, they should be condemned totally. I'm talking about the other people, right? So that, But the media, what they did, and I, I, without a doubt, there was a massive amount of testing of this argument of this, like what's the most effective, right? Now, if you can convince people that Trump said that Nazis are fine people, if you can, I shouldn't laugh because it's very serious stuff, right? But if you can convince people that Trump actually said that, well, then, of course, they're going to oppose Trump and they're going to view him as evil and dictatorial and monstrous and all, all this stuff, right? And this was the basis of Biden's entire campaign. And why on earth Trump didn't just call a press conference, play the fucking tape and be done with it is beyond my comprehension, beyond my comprehension. But he didn't. And the lie persisted, right? Now, you sit there and say, and I remember this when I was younger, just being baffled by this. It's like, but it's not true. It's not true. Like all the stuff that was taken, like not even, it's like taking it out of context is, is too kind an interpretation. All the lies that were told about, like I somehow believe that human beings on the basis of race are different species, it's not true at all. It's a complete opposite. Anyway, um, 
so what happens is you're sitting there saying, but the media kept repeating this lie. They kept repeating this lie. And it wasn't, it wasn't true. But you understand, you ever been fishing? I'm sure you guys have been fishing, right? So how does fishing work? <laughs> fishing works if you're recreational cast, cast, fishing casting, right? So the way that it works is, is you get something that the fish likes. You know, take the basic example, right? You got a little hook and you got some cut up worm, right? Worm is like crack for fish. I don't know what it is, especially I guess they bleed in the water. They just love it, right? Now, what you're doing, you see, is you're going to the fish and you're, you're just fucking lying to that fish. You're just lying to that fish. It's total bullshit. You're not giving it a worm. You're giving it a hook. That's, that's false. That's, that's manipulative. That's just lying. It's a complete fabrication because the fish thinks it's a worm, but it's actually got a hook in it. And you're going to pull that, you, you, the, the, the fish, you're fooling the fish because the fish cares about eating the worm. The fish wants to eat the worm, but instead you put a giant fucking hook through its throat, yank it out, and fry it up. <laughs> it's lying. You're fooling the fish. You're tricking the fish and killing it. Okay, can you imagine saying that to a fisherman who's just out there trying to get some dinner for his family? It's wrong. It's like the fish, you know, the, the Finding Nemo, bottom of the Mariana Trench fish. They've got the light, got the light up top, and they just hang the light, and the fish, oh, I'm drawn to the light, right? Fish liars! <laughs> right, so you understand that fishing is lying. It's, it's deceiving the fish. Because if the fish knew that it was a hook and they were going to get fried, they'd stay away. But you're lying, and you're hiding the hook. In the worm, you bastard, you anti-fish bigot. <laughs> so I can understand, right? So to lie is to get resources in nature, for the most part, right? To lie is to get resources. And you're lying when you get resources in nature. To fish, you, you bury the hook inside the worm and you lie to the fish and you get resources. So you don't sit there and say, well, the fish don't know that they're going to get hooked. So it's really cheating. I'm lying. I'm lying to the fish. So like, you un just go fishing and you'll understand the fine people hooks. Like the lie that Trump praised. Neo-Nazis, white supremacists or whatever, right? And listen, and white supremacists are... People who believe that whites should dominate, control, and rule over all other races. <sighs> the horrible thing. The horrible, horrible, nasty, evil, brutish concept. No race should rule over any other race, of course, right? Violation of the non-aggression principle. It's pretty simple. So the way that you look at fishing, I just, like, I'm hungry. I just want the fish. Or maybe you want the trophy, or maybe you want the fun, or the relaxation, or the picture, or whatever. You want the bragging rights. You want to win the contest. I don't know, right? But you want the fish. And you lie to the fish. Hey, man, there's no hook. I'm going to... You don't just put the hook in. 
because the fish isn't going to eat the hook. You hide the hook. You bury the hook in something the fish really wants to eat. You're lying to the fish. <laughs> terrible, terrible what you do. Just monstrous, monstrously immoral. So when you look at the media, well, they're lying. It's like they want the fish. They want the power. They want the control. They want the control. And unfortunately, we have enough people in society who are like that. It's a tipping point where you get the amorality. You have enough people in society who are like that. They don't care what the truth is. They care about the resources. Right? So earlier I was saying that this study was like 17.4% or something like that of Biden supporters wouldn't have voted for him if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Horror, right? It's only 17%. <laughs> That's it? That's it? So... In terms of like, oh, did they shift votes around? Oh, did they lie about Trump? Oh, did they lie about me? Well, okay, now th this is the education, right? This is the education I want to bring to you. It's a state of nature. There's no God. There's no rule. There's no law. There's no morality. There's no, it's what works. It's pure pragmatism. Pure pragmatism. There's no commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness to thy fish. <laughs> Thou shalt not bury a hook in the worm that is ungodly, impure, and false. No. You want the fish, and you'll lie, fool, trick the fish to get it. You've got to eat, right? Just like the tiger. The, ti the tiger wants the gazelle, and it'll creep and go low and go d downwind and... They'll creep around and they may work together. They're just because in nature, if you don't get your resources, you're dead. You die out. The rapey ducks, if you're right. Rapey ducks is one of the worst hockey movies of all time. But they're just trying to get their seed out, right? They're just trying to reproduce. That's life without God. That's life without virtue, values, that which makes us human, our ability to abstract and universalize ideal standards of behavior. So you understand, for the left, the goal is power. If you have to lie to get power, it's immaterial because there's no hell, there's no God, there's no physics that run the universe called morality. It's like saying to, uh, last, last analogy, right? So it's like saying to a football player, right? So you know, football players, they'll run in one direction and then they'll change direction suddenly, like the rabbit being hunted by the wolf, right? Change direction suddenly. <laughs> you're cheating, man. You're totally committing to run in one direction, then you just fucking change it. Bastard. <laughs> right? Or the soccer player. Or the, 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 the basketball player who pretends to pass but doesn't. Fake, psych, right? I'm going to go one direction, faking it, going another. Deception, warfare, combat, sports, victory. There's no morality in it. You don't say to the basketball player, you, you say, good move, man. We said a video my daughter was watching once where the guy, like a great basketball player, is just an amateur guy, I think, like really fakes to the point where the guy just plows into the ground. Or there's one where there's this... Um, this, uh, I think it's a Chinese basketball player. Uh, he's play playing up against a woman and he pretends to pass it. Then he puts it under his shirt or something like that. And, and 
people cheer him. Good move. Like, that's smart. That's clever. Good move, man. You can find my Roman Empire video on um, Rumble, Library, BitChute, uh, Rumble.com. I think it's Rumble.com forward slash free domain. I should probably know this by heart. But Rumble is pretty good. Rumble's pretty good. They've got very high quality. Streamanity is also pretty good. Rumble forward slash free domain. Yes, rumble.com forward slash free domain. And, you know, if you go to freedomain.locals.com, you can also um, subscribe there, which I would really, really appreciate. So you understand this deking and, and faking and, and sneaking? I mean, this nature, man, this nature. Why would you not use a worm on a hook? All that means is you go home without a fish if you don't if you use the worm. And so the idea that the media is like, but but it's it's false, it's wrong. It's like, but they don't live in that universe. They don't live in a moral universe. They live in a world of nature, state of nature, will to power. It's Darwinian. This is what happens when you scrape God out of the human mind. We become incredibly cunning animals with no care for truth. And the only care for truth is, hey, if other people believe it and it helps me get power, great, I'll use it. But I don't value it or want it myself. You understand? All right. Good. Have you ever had a mustache while wearing a sombrero? <laughs> Random question of the evening. No plan survives contact with the enemy. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, let's see here. Another couple of questions. Would Trump have defended you? No, no, dear. He would not have done. Right. Well, and of course, then my reputation got attacked to the point where defending me was, was dangerous, right? I, I, I understand that. He gave you $1,200. Who, Trump? <laughs> I don't think he's pretty sure he didn't. I know he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, Trump gave you a few more years of not getting pummeled by tyrants. Oh, I, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I called PayPal and yelled at them for a while. Yeah. So should people only do good things to get something in return? That seems like a bit vapid to me. Oh, philosopher queen. Oh, so vapid is now your argument. It feel it feels vapid, and that's your, your argument. So should people only do good things to get something in return? Um, it is not healthy at all. Not healthy at all. To give and give and give and never process or expect reciprocity. That's called being exploited, ripped off. I mean, if you order something online, it costs 50 bucks, they don't ship it. Do you just keep ordering the same thing? Oh, I'll just send them another 50 bucks. 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 That's ridiculous. That's crazy. Reciprocity is key to human relationships now. What this means, guaranteed, what this means, my dear, is that either A, you are an exploiter. You are an exploiter, and maybe you men go and buy you things or dinners or take stuff, you know, the, maybe you're a, a sugar baby or something like that. So you want stuff, and you don't want the idea or the argument about out there that reciprocity should be pursued, that people should actually expect reciprocity in their relationships 
either A, because you're out there exploiting the living hell out of people and you don't want them to have any kind of defense against your predations, or B, uh, you're being exploited by someone and this is your defense so you don't have to end up confronting them. I sympathize with one, (laughs) not the other. All right, let's see here. Uh, How does one rationalize having babies when there are bad people out there? I don't know what to say, man. You just can let the bad guys win that way. You're going to just not have any babies because there are bad guys in the world. You know, this is still the best time in the world to live. It's still the best time in all of human history to live. <laughs> it may not be the case for Japan. The foreign minister in Japan is now committed to making Japanese a Western-style multicultural society and allowing for mass immigration and foreigners to vote. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. <sighs> Uh, in an unprecedented move, Twitter has suspended Senator Colonel Doug Mastriano's private account after leaving the Senate hearing today. Well, sure. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, whether, but you know, just look at it from Twitter's standpoint. Let's look at it from Twitter's standpoint. They, you know, this is one of the worst calculations in political history anywhere the world over throughout all of human history. One of the worst calculations in political history was threatening big tech right before an election. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's one thing to taunt the lion when it's behind a cage, right? It's not a good idea to taunt the lion when it's in the room. <laughs> so I shouldn't laugh, but the idea, like, so when Trump was, uh, Trump and, and whoever were all like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, maybe we're gonna take away Section 230 and we're gonna break up Facebook and Twitter and we're gonna, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, this is right before an election, right? <laughs> you fucking crazy. Like, what's this, what is your major malfunction in that kind of strategy? And way to throw your followers under the bus, too. Because, you know, Trump doesn't rely on fucking Twitter for his income. But, you know, I relied on a whole shitload of platforms for my income. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. Please <laughs> help me. But, you know, these, these assholes out there just sitting there poking. You know, Ted Cruz doesn't rely on the stuff for his income. But he's out there, oh, I'm going to be tough with these guys. I'm going to I'm gonna bring Jack Dorsey in and I'm going to grill him like a salmon <laughs> that I got with a hook in it, right? So they're out there, they're like, don't fucking poke big tech right before an election because they're just going to kick us off and you're fine. Ted Cruz still has his income. He's doing fine. I don't. I'm not, right? Fucking asshole. <laughs> Sorry, like Ted, I like you in a lot of ways and it's kind of a funky beard you got going on there. But it's, you know, you're, oh, I'm going to take on big tech. It's right before an election. Right? Okay, so what does big tech do? Big tech, they don't deplatform you. They deplatform us. Idiot. Jesus. It's not even complicated. If you, if you want to take on big tech, do it in 2017. <laughs> do it back then. Don't do it right before an election. You complete U-shaped, head-up-your-butt-bunghole-idiot clowns. Jesus, of all the things to do. Oh, my God. It's like, you're fine. You still got your pension. You still got your health care. You still got your income. You still got your power. We're going to start threatening big tech so that if we win, hundreds of billions of dollars of value from big tech are going to be wiped out by us enforcing a separation of <laughs> tech and 230. Oh, my God. Like, you couldn't have possibly played it any worse (laughs) or any more harmful to the people whose voice you kind of rely on. 
I mean, don't get it yet. But when they start, and I said this, I said this way back on Twitter, on YouTube, and Facebook. Like, God, please don't, <laughs> please don't poke big tech right before an election, because then they will do whatever it takes to keep you from getting elected, and that means targeting people like us. Jesus. And that's why like, you got to go defend the little. Like, are you kidding me? Not only did they not defend me, they poked the bear with me in front. They throw in stones at the tiger while they're in a crowbar-filled iron titanium safari truck, and I'm out here rubbed in fucking sesame sauce in a loincloth. I'm so glad that you enjoyed playing tough to big tech, getting lots of people deplatformed. Fucking idiots. Jesus Christ. YouTube account is a fan site. Yeah, they got you did too. Can't have any of that, right? Oh, my God. Crazy. All right, a couple more questions. Steph is, a, Steph is not a nihilist. Yeah, of course I'm not a nihilist. Will Trump pardon Snowden? I don't know. I mean, for a guy who kind of made his career on hiring people and firing people, that man has the hiring skills of your average fucking soap dish. Well, I mean, it was partly the left, right? So the left kept attacking everyone he hired, and therefore the only people he could really trust and listen to were his own family. Unfortunately, that includes Jared. Jared. <laughs> Not the T, but the other one, the K. And, um, yeah, Jared, you know, very, very keen on lots of migration, lots of mass migration, mass immigration. Very, very keen on making sure that everyone's getting along in the Middle East, and all that, right? And great. Yeah, they don't, they don't vote for you, man. <laughs> At least don't move you. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, my gosh. Am I ever far from the bottom here? Wow, you guys are really coming up with some questions here. Uh, Jared was keen. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Trump was pandering to blacks and Hispanics, and he lost the white male vote and didn't really get much. You know, Candace Owens was trying the whole Blexit thing, which, you know, everybody who listens to me knew it wasn't going to work, and... All of that. And uh, yeah, he just he went after the people who weren't going to vote for him and tried to please them. And he didn't go after the people who would vote for him and try and please them. So guess what? <laughs> didn't go well. But you, you can't you can't say, well, I want to, you know, support and, and help serve, defend the interests of white people. I mean, it just doesn't work right. All right. Uh, don't give up on Trump just yet. He wants to educate the world about the evils of communism, just like you. See, this is another thing. I, when did I ever say, I give up on Trump? I mean, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I mean, this is what people hear is so far from what I say. Uh, Cruz is pretty intelligent, though. <laughs> so? What does that have to do with any of the arguments that I made? What does that have to do with the exact basic fact that by poking and threatening big tech right before the election, they fucked completely fucked thousands and thousands of people who relied on big tech for their income. And they're fine. I don't know what they were. They playing to the gallery, but you don't threaten big tech right before an election because then big tech will make sure or work as hard as they possibly can to make sure that, well, maybe it ain't you or certainly your supporters, right? 
<sighs> Don't let Stefan be exploited. Donate to Free Domain. Yes, I would certainly appreciate that. Come on, this is value for value, and you know that there's stuff here you can't get anywhere else, and I do really, really great work, and I'm working really hard. You guys got to check out this audiobook novel. It's fantastic, right? Ah, what will be the effects of a Joe Biden presidency on Canada? Um, you know, uh, hopefully people get bored of the media, right? Now, so this is, this is you know, there, there's pluses and, pluses and minuses and everything, right? There's no solutions, there's only trade-offs. So I think people are going to get bored. So there's going to be a time when people get bored of the media and they're not going to flock to it for the latest. Oh, can you believe Orange Man Bad did this today? Oh, right. So they're going to get bored. But then you see the media is going to have a comeback. They're going to have a whiplash comeback. And I'll tell you what that's going to be about. So people are, you know, it's going to be this massive relief. Oh, Orange Bad Man is out and it's the time for healing and reconciliation and Kamala and Biden and blah, 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 right of course the unity is going to last about 30 seconds before they start threatening people with re-education camps I'm saying that somewhat tongue-in-cheek but they're not completely right they've already some people have already talked about that on the left but so what's going to happen is um, there's going to be this huge overwhelming relief and then what's going to happen is and the people are going to kind of ignore the media for a while right because they'll be like oh well you know I don't need to follow this in particular so um I don't need to worry about that too much, right? But then what's going to happen is things are going to start to get bad. They're going to start to get bad. And then people are going to need to rush back to the media so the media can say, oh, it's not that bad. Or if it is that bad, it's just a leftover from Trump. Or if it's not a leftover from Trump, it, it has nothing to do with the current administration. It's something else. And, like, people are going to need to rush back. Like, getting people addicted to falsehoods is a one of the most terrifyingly effective business plans in the known universe. Let's <laughs> tell you that right now. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. So, Kushner assured Trump letting criminals out of prison would win him 50% plus of the black vote. Yeah, except most blacks are kind of relieved when criminals are in prison because they want to raise their families and have peaceful and good lives, right? Yeah, that's all, all crazy stuff, right? Uh, let's see here. So are you more angry at them letting you down and more mad at me for going after your YouTube account over the George Floyd thing? Oh, is this the woman from, from Facebook? Is that right? Um, over the George Floyd thing. Yeah, you disagreed with the facts and arguments that I brought to bear on the George Floyd thing. Well, you should have come on the show. Of course, you should have debated me. You should have corrected me. You should have made counter videos and all of that. Um, but just, you know, shutting people up is... Uh, it just shows that you're insecure about your own arguments and ideas, and you then have a moral stain upon your character, which is that you did not allow people to make their case, but instead uh, uh, got them shut down. Um, that's not good. And it's going to happen to you. I mean, it's going to happen to you for sure. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, last couple of questions. Man, this live stream is so much better. On YouTube, if they don't like the speaker, they slow it down. Had that sometimes on stream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what pissed off YouTube more, the bell curve or George Floyd video? Um, I don't know. <laughs> why not both? <laughs> why not? Why not? All, all, all things, right? And also, you know, like the fact that I was really encouraging people to settle down and have kids and reminding women of their fertility window and so on. I mean, you know, if, if you're an antinatalist, uh, that's uh, it's pretty bad. 
you know, if you're a hysterical environmentalist where all life is bad, then that's pretty, like, it just shows so many things. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. Thank you for posting that. Can you be a communist capitalist at the same time? No. No, 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 no. All right. Was this a live stream about why you stopped talking about politics? Well, I don't know. Did you arrive a little late? Let me, let me go back and start again because of your schedule. <laughs> it's kind of funny. All right. Uh, have you seen Keith Oberman's outrageous videos? Yeah, see, here's the thing, too. Yes, I have, and, and the man is psychotic, in my humble opinion. But here's the thing to remember, right? And this is not a sort of love your enemies kind of thing, but this is important to remember. So people, so many, many years ago, I did an interview with Robert Whitaker, who wrote Mad in America, and I did a bunch of other interviews, and it's really, really important. You've got to pick up these books. Uh, I actually just went through one here. Uh, I read this one, and I'll do probably do a show on it. Um, uh, it's called Mental Health, Inc. There we go. How Corruption Lacks Oversight and Failed Reforms Endanger Our Most Vulnerable Citizens. And uh, it is really, uh, really quite fascinating. So, you know, this is a big story, uh, which is that, oh, there was this mental health issues, but we have these wonderful medications, uh, these psychotropics and all of that. And uh, as a result of, of these wonderful medications, um, we've now dealt positively and effectively with the problems of mental health, right? That's sort of the story, right? You know, when there was a smallpox vaccine, they it took 15 years of coordinated international effort. Hello to COVID. But, uh, if, you know, we won the battle against smallpox and it's no longer an issue. Same thing with polio and, and all of that, right? Or if you have antibiotics and, and it's like, oh, well, infections are, you know, so killing fewer people and all of that, right? So there's this story around, well, we've got these mental health issues, but now we have these wonderful medications and... Um, so mental health shouldn't be an issue nearly as much anymore. It should reduce, right? Now, Whitaker's basic argument is, and I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me if I go astray, but this is the basis of it. So Whitaker's basic argument is, oh, okay, that's an interesting story, but can a brother look at the numbers? And, and what, what you see, of course, is that when the psychotropic drugs came in that was supposed to cure or allow people to manage mental illness, you know, like, when they figured out insulin and could mass produce it and give it to people who had diabetes, then deaths from diabetes dropped enormously because it actually helped solve the problem that diabetes was, was causing, right? So uh, Robert Whitaker was saying, well, if you look at the numbers, when the cures, quote, cures for mental illness came in, these pills, mental illness went up and up and up. What the hell's up with that? what on earth, like how can you have something that's supposed to cure an ailment that ends up with that ailment being immensely more prevalent and widespread? That's not a cure. That's like an asteroid hitting the Wuhan lab and spreading it or whatever, right? So the reason I'm saying this, so when I look, I don't know anything about Keith Obelman other than the fact that uh, Ann Coulter makes fun of his education. So, but Keith Olbermann, when I see someone go on these like crazy rants and, and hate-filled diatribes and like what I do for me, again, I don't know anything about this guy. This is just my own particular mental process. But what I do is I say, wow, okay, so this guy's got some mental health issues, right? He really has got some mental health issues, and pretty, pretty serious ones, right? 
So if it's the case, someone like him, again, I don't know him personally, I don't know anything about his mental health or, or his, uh, his uh, medical situation, but let's just say someone like Keith, ba- Keith Jones or Keith Jones, right? So Keith Jones has these, these, these rants, these hate-filled rants and all that, right? So what I think is, okay, so he's got some instability, so he's probably gone to his doctor and said, you know, I, I, I feel angry, I, I, I can't sleep, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm whatever, right? And the doctor says, oh, you go see a psychiatrist. And he goes, you see a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist says, okay, here's a fistful of pills that will rewire your brain. <laughs> well, whatever, right? And he says, oh, it's a chemical imbalance. But can you test for that chemical imbalance? No. Oh, it's a uh, chemical deficiency. Oh, can you test for that chemical deficiency and know when it's been, like, you know, if, if you've got low testosterone, you can take some supplements or whatever and you can get your testosterone levels back up or you can do various lifestyle changes or whatever, right? So people then go to the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist gives them a fistful of pills, and they start taking them. Now, some of these pills, and this is not me making this stuff up, some of these pills have FDA black label warnings, some of the most serious warnings that say, yeah, homicidal ideation can be a side effect of these pills. They can make you kind of fantasize about killing people. (laughs) And so for me, when I see these kinds of hate-filled diatribes, Again, just personal opinion, and again, no medical advice here. This is just my personal thoughts on, on this situation. But what I do is I sit there and say, gosh, I wonder what they're on. And what I, I see is the kind of truly deranged and distorted thinking that can be a direct side effect, particularly the, the homicidal ideation, like suicidal or homicidal ideation, this murderous rage that can come out of these kinds of quote, meds, right? I mean, that, that to me is, is where I go. And again, I don't know anything about this guy, but that's sort of my, my thoughts about it. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty nasty stuff for sure. All right. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, you should come to the Friday, uh, yeah, Friday shows and all that. You can um, call in at freedomain.com. Call in at freedomain.com. Uh, right. Um, let's see here. Last question, last question. I actually have, uh, I, I was working so hard today, I, I, I forgot to eat. <laughs> I need to go get something to eat. Uh, you talked about the basketball player lying. Maradona lied and made a goal with his hand and won the championship that year. Yeah, the hand of God, right? He basically, he, he, he hit a ball into a net, which of course it's football, not handball. You're not allowed to touch the ball with your hand unless you're the goalie. And yeah, Diego Maradona, one of the most famous football players, was playing for Argentina and against England. And oh yeah, he totally lied. Totally, he, he cheated, he lied, and people were saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, in, in football, it's only cheating if you get caught. And it's like, no, that's, that's not, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Um, Maradona was one of the most famous athletes. And, you know, like South, South and Central Americans are completely insane for their, their soccer, their football, Right. Uh, the reason why the movie Rio had uh, as one of its plot points people losing power during a football game and completely freaking out, right? I guess we're out of coffee, out of decaf. So Diego Maradona uh, lied and, and cheated uh, and, and won this uh, World Cup match uh, and the British players were absolutely appalled. Not, not on, it's not, 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 not cricket. And so he then plunged into drug abuse, he was a cocaine addict, and a lot of this comes from 
from stealing, right? From, from stealing a, a World Cup, from lying and, and cheating and, and calling it the hand of God. It's like, no, it was your sweaty little hand that did it, man. You, you, you punched that ball into the goal and you should have said, like the, 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 ref should, the ref says, did you hit it, right? Did you touch it with your hand? This is a pretty important thou shalt not bear false witness moment, right? Did you hit the ball with your hand? And the video is clear. Of course he did, right? Did you hit the no? He lied. He lied and stole a World Cup. Now, in the moment, he's very happy because all addiction makes you happy in the moment, right? But then uh, he's unhappy and becomes a drug addict and has massive health issues and heart issues and died just today at the age of 60 because, you know, he, he lied. <laughs> he lied and cheated and stole and... Um, it turns out it didn't make him happy. <laughs> These things tend not to. All uh, right. Stefan is 100% straight edge. I admire that. Wish I could do the same. Yeah, no, he's a very talented player. I mean, he's an incredible football player. He scored an amazing solo goal in the same match. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, you know, he should have said, yeah, I hit the ball with my hand. The goal gets disqualified. And he should have, um, he should have won or lost... Uh, Openly, right? All right. Is my cat psychic? <laughs> you may have been locked down a little bit too long, my friend. Maybe uh, at least, you know, Skype with people, Zoom with people, something like that, right? Zoom with people because your computer's not going to inform on the Chinese government on its own. Uh, have you seen the reclassification of Asians to non-persons of color and associating them with whites? The Asians are now indignant. They should have... Well, okay, this all follows the IQ stuff, right? It all follows the IQ stuff. So, of course, they have to detach Asians from the exploitation and all that. How is your wonderful daughter doing? Oh, you know, it's kind of funny. She really likes the lockdown. <laughs> I miss the travel. I miss doing the documentaries. I miss meeting people in the flesh and speeches and all that. But um, my daughter, she liked the travel. You know, she traveled with me to, a, to Poland and to... Um, uh, not to Hong Kong, of course, but to Poland, to Australia, a bunch of other places. She came with me to St. Louis. Um, but uh, she she loves this lockdown, man. <laughs> She's really, really enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, we're doing very well. We're doing, I mean, I, I am, I mean, I earned it for sure, but I'm in course of, there's some luck, and, and I'm incredibly blessed. And, you know, the lockdown, uh, the lockdown just makes everything more. Like, if you have a bad relationship, it makes it worse. If you have a good relationship, it makes it better. And, uh I'll tell you, man, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the circumstances and the choices that I made in life to have, you know, the wonderful people that I'm locked down with. I mean, we have uh, wonderful times uh, and great conversations and uh, it's, I mean, it's been a weird year. <laughs> Be frank about it, it's been a weird year, but one of the highlights has been just realizing how just incredibly wonderful it is to to have loving family members that whose company you really enjoy um you know we're nose to nose and uh it's wonderful uh, it's wonderful and i hope that you guys will i'm not trying to brag I, I just hope that you guys will will try and if you have that wonderful treasure it and tell the people how much you treasure it and i tell them at least once a week just how incredibly lucky and wonderful it is to have this kind of at homey stuff with them um but um I'm very happy to be locked in with you, Steph. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Must see. Uh, did you see the story of the guy that opened his barbecue restaurant and the cops paid him a visit in Toronto? Oh. 
and the Lord's, uh, the Lord's force. Maybe we'll, we'll figure this out. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, yeah, call in at freedomain.com if you want to get into the call-in show. Um, call in at freedomain.com, and uh, James will help you out. And uh, look at that. We've got a third more people now than we had last time. So great. Let's just keep going that. And, uh, you know, thanks to everyone who pushed back against the lies about me. Let's keep philosophy um, uh, going, and let's keep this conversation going. There's still an enormous amount of good we can do in the world. So thanks, everyone, so much for a wonderful, wonderful evening. I love you guys so much. Thank you for the opportunity to bring philosophy to the world, freedomain.com forward slash donate to help me out. And with helping me out, it's Stephbot with the out. I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye.